Austin fans, and welcome back to the home of all things rugby in Texas. Damn, I have missed you all. <laughs> it's been way too long. On the last episode of the podcast, which was eons ago, uh, we recapped round two of the Austin Derby between the Blacks and the Huns. Then we, the, the Gilgronies just came off an amazing victory over Houston for the Texas Cup, and then... You know, the world collapsed and changed and MLR paused, COVID happened, the season got canceled, and now we're leaving us here all with no rugby in the U.S. right now. Um, but no rugby in the States, rugby other places, so that's kind of nice. Uh, right now, college, club, youth, let's see, what else? Uh, high school are still on hold in the great state of Texas, as you've learned on Texas Rugby Monthly, every month. Um, but there's no on-field rugby happening right now. And there is a flurry of off-field excitement that's happening on the MLR side, though. So what I figured is, you know, what better way to kick off the new season of the Austin Rugby Podcast uh, than with what's been probably the biggest announcement and, you know, for the Gilgronies to bring on the head coach and the assistant coach for Austin. So please welcome onto the podcast for the first time, and hopefully not the last time, uh, former player for the War, uh, the Warringah Rats, the Waratahs, and Manly Sea Eagles for you NR, uh, NRL fans, excuse me, and former head coach of the Warringah Rats and assistant coach for the Honda Heat, Mr. Sam Harris, and the former head coach of the previously mentioned Warringah Rats and former player for, <laughs> for Warringah, ACT Brumbies, and of course, Wallaby number seven. Nine seven, Mr. Mark Gerard, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast and welcome to Austin. Thanks, Dustin. Great to be here, mate. Very excited. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good. Good to have you. So it's it's bright and early in the morning over there for you guys right now. The afternoon here in Austin uh, looks like the sun is shining in both locations, so that's always great. <laughs> We're actually in the same location practically. Like we live about eight kilometers away from each other. <laughs> and it, is, it is a beautiful okay. day here. It's um, sunny, 26 degrees, very comfortable. And uh, there's a little wave running down the beach. Ah, man. Yeah, so that's, that, there's a lot of things that we'll have to acclimate you all to the, uh, to the Austin area. Uh, one will be no waves, no surf. Uh, but we do have a nice river and some nice, you know, community pools and stuff that we can, uh, <laughs> we can take you to. Um, but before we, you know, before we dive into other things, we, you know, to learn more about you guys, there's a hard hitting question of some noticeable similarities that I made in the introduction, uh, as you both served as head coach for the rats. And my question is who had a better record as a coach? And then of course, you know, as it would turn out, who is the better coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, to me, it goes with experience. So obviously, young Sam as our head coach, I believe that he's probably the better coach of us two um, and probably the, the most more experienced in our coaching group this year. Um, and not just that, with our local club here in Sydney called the Ruringa Rats, Sam actually established a, a playing, a recruitment, a, a potential sort of path growth of our club to where in the last five seasons that we've been, uh, if not the top, one of the top three teams in this uh, Sydney premier club competition. Um, and that's where Sammy started that off. Um, what's that Sam almost 10, 11 years ago now? 
something like that, 11 years ago. And from what Sam had to start with, yeah. to be honest, was nothing. And obviously had to build from what our local club and where it needs to sort of project to. And it's funny how ironic that things work, that the LA head coach now came in, helped facilitate and actually grow the club. Um, and I believe that was from the start of when Sam was the head coach at the club. So for me, it's a tremendous honour, not only to coach in Austin, um, but also coach with uh, probably my best friend. Um, and I do hope that our relationship doesn't get in the way. And I hope he puts his foot in my backside if I put a foot <laughs> wrong, which is good. And uh, it's as I said, it's always good to learn, especially from somebody that you trust. Um, and I believe trust in coaching is, uh, is a very big thing and can go a very long way. And Dustin, I'll just I'll Man, just jump in there just because Mark's being incredibly humble. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's that's a pretty nice uh, nice. Couple yeah, of thanks, words, Mark. Right? Um, <laughs> Mark had his first you know real full time coaching opportunity last season, and um, for a rookie coach to take the club to its third consecutive grand final and be within ten minutes of a victory and a premiership, he also got the Coach of the Year award in the competition, which is an amazing effort. Uh, and my dad, who was his team manager, um, told me last night that he actually has got the record for the most consecutive wins in the club, which is nine consecutive wins, which is no mean feat. And he, he probably didn't have the squad to do it last year and he achieved really good things. So um, Mark's very accomplished as well, uh, but still very early in his path. And, um, you know, he accomplished a lot more in the game of rugby than I did, um, especially winning Super Rugby Championships and, and Wally Caps and victories over the All Blacks. So I think bringing that level of success um, to the group is valuable. That's awesome. And it was almost as though Mark was reading my my notes and skipping ahead a little bit, talking about other Boringa <laughs> Rats who are in MLR right now. But we'll we'll come back to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Or we can go straight through it. So I mean, might as well. Then we'll just go to it. So you both came. You, you both actually played, and of course, you both talked or talked. You coach, excuse me. Uh, but now, Darren Coleman, who's the new head coach in LA, um, you know, you guys were are all wearing of alumni. Um, what is it about the club in in Sydney that you know, not only produces high caliber players? But you're also now high caliber coaches, and I'll, I'll be, you know, we'll inflate egos and stuff if we want to. But high caliber coaches that are now spreading out, not just in Australia but overseas, and now, and of course, into MLR. Definitely. Can I take this one, Mike? So, in terms of um, in terms of a club, I think Waringa is a great club because it's a community based club, and um, a big thought from them is to hire from within and and get old boys to to become coaches and because they know what the club's about and what it stands for. And um, I think that's a very, very smart strategy and uh, and it allows you to, to get coaches on the rise um, that are kind of right at the start of their journey. So it gives them the ability to, to, to learn and to, and to build and then, and then to flourish. And so um in terms of the club and our playing days, like me and Mark played played there together when we were early doors. Like Mark was 18 still in high school and I was 20 years of age. And so we played that early together. Um, we've known each other since I was 16 and Mark was 14. 
Um, we played rugby league together back then. And so as a club, it's just got a great community feel. And, and my vision for the coaching fraternity um, in terms of Moringa is another great club in Sydney is the Randwick Club. And they've got a very good network of coaches all over the world. You know, Eddie Jones, um, Michael Checker, uh, yeah, there's there's all types of names that I'm forgetting here, but what they've done is they've spread themselves all over the world, and and you know, kind of starting here, you know, Gregor Townsend, he was a he was an ex Moringa player. He's now coaching Scotland. Like there's what I'll, what what we want to do is is kind of just get out amongst the world and and make that Moringa pathway really strong and the network really strong. Yeah, and that's that's you know for to hear that is. I would hope that people who are watching and listening, you know, the Austin fans are, are thinking that's a great kind of mentality to bring to Austin, uh, bring to the U S right. Cause you know, the goal for the U S rugby right now is to build up and build, you know, the clubs and build the professional teams and the pathways and the academies so that we can then produce better overall rugby to compete on at a higher level, both at the world cup and, you know, you know, the ARC here in the U S um, so I think that that's, that's great to hear. And I, I appreciate that. And now, now we can go back to the normal thread of questions that I had to be going through before Mark, uh, had a nice segue, but, uh, no, it's, it's good. So for those that you mentioned it a little bit, Sam, you know, you, you've got a, a background, both of you have crossed over codes. Um, you, you both were in played league. You, you both played union. Um, I think if I if I researched it correctly, I believe uh, Sam coached Mark at one time, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, but I, I guess you know, Sam, if you wouldn't mind starting, since you're the head coach, and you know, you always we'll, we'll have you go first. But we'd like to have the, a brief introduction for those who are watching uh, of who you are, your playing days, and kind of your coaching history, and kind of how what brought you all the way up to right before. Um, you came on with yep, Austin. Sure. So I'll start right at the beginning and get straight into it. Grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney, which is a, a beautiful place to live, um, similar to maybe like a San Diego. Um, and, and in a really good era of the world, I reckon, you know, before before mobile phones and um, different things and, you know, sport was life, you know, any sport I could get my hands on, I wanted to play and and top of the list at that one, you know, before professional before I left high school, top of the list was basketball. You know, also played baseball when I was a kid from ages eight to age sixteen. Um, so just loved everything sport and and got my path towards rugby league and rugby union. Uh, stuck with rugby union to start off with. Played all my Australian schoolboys, nineteen twenty one stuff. With rugby, toured the UK and Ireland, um, and then my professional career started with the Waratahs for two seasons, and that was. And that's where me and Mark were professionally together. Um, and then after two seasons there, I got recruited over to rugby league and I really was excited about that challenge. And I really, I've always loved rugby league, but I really wanted to see if I could make it in that league as well. And I uh, made a pretty good fist of it. We're pretty close to, to making kind of the state of origin side, um, but didn't obviously. Um, but, you know, had a, had a good three, four seasons in rugby league, came back to rugby union with the Waratahs um, for two more. Um, we got to a, a Super Rugby final in 2008. And then I went and played over in Japan for a season with the Honda Heat. 
Um, came back after that season and joined up with the Western Force for my final season. Uh, unfortunately, arthritic knees ended my career and I had to pull up at the age of 30. I would have liked to have been like Mark and played for another seven years professionally, but um, that wasn't in, in my card. So came back, as soon as I came back from Perth, um, made it be known that I wanted to be a head coach of Baringa. Um Thankfully, got very lucky, um, got the opportunity straight away, had two seasons there, had to leave just before the first week of the third season um, to go take a job in Japan with the Honda Heat, back with the Honda Heat. Um, spent four years there, four great years, and then moved up to Tokyo, um, did another three years with um, the Rico Black Rams. And that was kind of, you know, my real taste that, you know, a team that could potentially go all the way if, if we did things right and um, got a lot more exposure to kind of closer to a head coaching role. Um, and and then this opportunity came along um, and I, you know, I just, I love American sports. I love America and really it's always interested me. I've always kept an eye on the MLR, uh, but I, I honestly thought it was probably still three to four years away, but um, it's not. It's here. It's this. This season is critical. This season could be the make or break year, and um, to get an opportunity in this season, yeah, it really appealed to me. So I took that opportunity, and now I'm looking forward. Yeah, no. yeah absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's again, like I said, it's both both codes. Baseball. That's not. I I played baseball too. So basketball. Man, you've you've, you've kind of been the uh, the all sport athlete there apparently. So no 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 cricket or anything uh, thrown in there yeah, as well play, or, play or yeah, polo or, yeah, or jack of all <laughs> trades master of none. Is yeah. a very key <laughs> in oh no, it's, it's uh, we we have that here too. Uh, they're the the man who wears many hats. <laughs> so you know, Mark, you, you too have had you know a great rugby career both off and you know uh, on the pitch and now off the pitch on the sidelines uh, what's your background how did you get to just before you know th- this so this job with Austin? very similar pathway to sam i uh, grew up playing league at uh, the age of 18 had the opportunity to switch from rugby league over to uh, rugby union as a professional um still in high school which sort of blew me away a little bit signing that contract and um, from there, it, it kind of sort of manifested into this 19-year career. And, and it's funny, as much as I have done, oh, there is um, I'm all about sort of balance and, and life and everything else. So it was easy for me to play and enjoy what I was doing. But I just, having kids young also, I, I had no choice but to grow up and mature quite quickly. So from the age of 18, um, mm-hmm. Obviously, with the Waratahs, like Sam for two seasons, and then probably didn't get as much opportunity as I, I would like. And still, only being just under twenty years old, I probably a little bit too ambitious, I believe, at that age. But then again, you know, if you're not, it's, it's very hard to sort of push yourself and thrive to sort of be the ultimate, or the best you can be. I do believe you were the youngest professionally signed players for the Waratahs, or in Super Rugby history at that particular time, or is it still? The youngest player ever to sign, or the first player straight out of really high school really to remember. sign. Um, I, I think oh, it's myself and James O'Connor, um, <laughs> the youngest to sign. I think James O'Connor's the youngest. I th- 
I think, to be honest. I, I really can't remember. Okay. But um, so, I, no, I'll never forget this. It was actually on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. I was coming home from school and then uh, a famous rugby coach. And again, Sammy, that's another one, Bob Dwyer, who was from the Randwick Club. Uh, he was coaching over in Europe at the time. And I, well, my father got a phone call and said, can I talk to Mark Gerard because we share the same name. And my dad's on the phone and talking to Bob Dwyer <laughs> about signing contracts. And dad's like, uh Mate, I'm 54 years old. Like, I think you might have the wrong mark here. And then grab me, and then I, ju- I jumped on the phone. That's typical, of my old man. He's like that. And then my my dad said, "There's a phone call for you." So he gave me the phone call. And as I'm holding the phone, Dad's sort of standing right right in front of my face. I'm like, "Yes, Mark, how are you going?" And then conversation went from there. So I, I went on and signed. And after the two years of the Waratahs, moved to the Brumbies um, with. The Brumbies, it was um, a whole new environment. That when you talk about at that at that stage um, of Super Rugby, because it was still a very infant competition. It was only at that time, what are we six years yeah. at the time? Six years old that competition, 12. and yeah. Super Twelve back then. Yeah, the Super and, so uh, it, it kind of grew into a, a, yeah. you know, a, a quite a large sort of sporting icon, of, especially for rugby. And for spending my time down in Canberra. Um, I ended up being about eight years in Canberra and uh, mate had a great time. Um, won a Super Rugby title and that's where I, yeah. I sort of grew into understanding the game a whole lot more and respecting the game a whole lot more um, and learning from those players. From there, yeah. I moved um, at, at the age of 26, I moved uh, over to Japan. Uh, I just found that my opportunity in Australia was um, was probably coming to an end even though I was only 26 years old. Um I kind of had the foresight not to look at it, what mm-hmm. was here in Australia. And like Sam, I moved over to Japan and, and played for a team called NTT Communications in Tokyo. And they were in this, they were a second division team. And I purposely went there not to go up to first division to actually go back and enjoy rugby and what rugby gave me originally. Um, and from there, I spent my two years with them. I ended up moving back to Australia in 2011, took up a, a Melbourne Rebels contract for two years. and. That was obviously the first two seasons of the Melbourne Rebels um, in the Super Rugby competition. So I, I jumped at that opportunity. And um, after those two years, again, as much as I love Australia rugby, I, I just I didn't want to be here and to play rugby anymore. I just, there was nothing against it. It was just something in me. And at the time, mm-hmm. we had a young family, my wife and I, and, and we chose to, to head back to Japan. And so in doing so, I, I signed back with a, a team called Toyota Industry Shuttles, which is Toyota Shockey what they're called now and um i spent seven years there and mate had a great time and that's probably why and that's what that's what prolonged my career actually i believe is actually playing in japan um and not so because um i wanted to to keep playing it was because of the environment and the group of people that i was i was playing with so at that stage um i, I played there and then obviously moving from japan after my time uh, at 36 I retired and chose to come home and in choosing to come home for 12 months I wanted to step away from rugby altogether um, and just you know find out what normality means or whatever that that is to me and my family and you know in the course of that <laughs> those 18 years um, my wife and I we had four kids and so you know we're, we're juggling a lot and in the, my last six years of playing professional rugby in Japan my family were based here in Australia and I was based in Japan, which is very difficult, and, mm. and that's why when Sam was at Rico, I would constantly call Sam up. Do you mind if I come crash in your lounge every couple of weekends? Because that's family to me, and I'm all <laughs> about family. So I kind of just had to clear my head and 
and hear the kids yeah. yell and scream and feel all that. That's kind of what I, I really missed. Um, and that's something I, I, I probably do regret as a father, but at the same time, uh, I can't regret that. It's, you know, it's a double-edged sword for me because it's an opportunity I gave our family. And so in doing so, retired for a year. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be part of rugby. I actually went back. A thing that I had in me, I wanted to go back and play where I started, play rugby league for my local Narrabeen Sharks and then played for the Ringer Rats. And silly idea at 36 years old is to play two contact sports back-to-back on a Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> in which I did. Uh, I woke up after my first two games and I thought, you idiot, what are you doing this for? And um, after that, obviously the, the following season, well, towards the end of that season, the, the head coach, Darren Coleman, moved on. Um, obviously had an opportunity elsewhere at another rival club here in Sydney. And um, there, w- there weren't too many, they say there weren't too many coaches. I believe there was a few coaches floating about, but um, <laughs> I think they wanted somebody within who would probably demand respect and trust straight away. And the opportunity was to to obviously be the head coach yeah. of Moringa and you know and, and and following a very similar footpath to Sammy, and so I did that and I had a. It's funny I had a, a funny old year. It wasn't everybody perceived it to be a great season. It was a great season. Um, for me personally, it was a it was a roller coaster of emotions, and I, and Sammy would probably know because I would call Sam on multiple occasions and just get feedback and information because you know I, I believe that some. Rugby is not personal. Rugby is a, a sport. It's a game. So we're obviously trying to teach the game to the players. And, you know, and I had to sort of take that emotion out of it. And it was really difficult because you know, some people think it's personal. That part was difficult. So, And I've only just retired yeah. like six months prior. Now I'm their head coach. So you know, I'm telling them what to do, finger pointing at them, that type of thing. So that's kind of where my life sort of grew. And then um, obviously, mate, I stepped away from there. Um, just wanted to sort of get back in a life with my, my wife and kids because I've missed a whole lot of time together. And, you know, as I said, my, my son turns 16, my yep. son turns 16 tomorrow. And, you know, we're going to just cherish those times. But the opportunity to come and coach with Sam when, when he offered me this this position, I'd be silly not to take it up because, as I said, coaching is about trust and development. And I believe that I can learn more yep. of Sam, then what's probably Sam can learn off me, as well as actually understand the professional environment again. Now, the game's obviously changed in the time that I've retired, but the game itself hasn't changed. It's just all, obviously all about learning that, that pathway. And so I, yeah. I'm, I'm duly grateful to, to Sammy giving me this opportunity. Um, and that's something that I'll, I'll definitely hold sort of dear to my heart. And, and, and mate, it's a, as I said, it's a tremendous, tremendous honor. As Sammy said, the MLR has been, a, to me, a sleeping giant for a couple of years. and like Sammy is very similar. I, I believe it was going to take off later. Now that it's here, you know, it's up to us to help grow that yeah. MLR competition and actually create that what I believe will be a global, global competition. And you'll you'll find that a lot of teams around the world will want to be a part yeah. of it. And if we can do our job right as coaches, um, which I know that we will, um, I think it'll be uh, a beautiful spectacle for uh, for the United States in the next couple of years. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it's good to hear you say that, you know, we, we as Americans and American rugby fans, like we don't often see the perception that exists outside of our, for better or worse, in many cases, we don't see the perception of what goes on in the rest of the world outside of America and outside of the United States. And to hear that, that people and teams and clubs around the world are saying, well, MLR over there and, you know, keep an eye out for them. Like it could be something big. So uh, that's 
really great to hear. And of course, the one thing that, you know, Mark, you didn't talk about was your time as a Wallaby and playing at the highest level of rugby in a world cup or anything like that. But yeah, we'll just ignore that whole part of your entire career. It's just, yeah, that was my pathway. That's opportunities. Like you said, um, no, no, no. Yeah, I, just, I was tremendously lucky uh, to be in a position that I was at the Brumbies to get given that Wallaby opportunity and, you know, to travel the world to represent your country yeah. um, and to wear it 24 times to see the world with some really good friends. Um, you know, I've got a lot of family around the world. So, you know, to, to sort of, and again, to make them proud, if there was a thing, um, mate, I, I was just as proud knowing that yeah. they, they had a huge smile on their face. And like Sammy said, I have no gear left because I have a Tongan background and all my cousins and family take everything. <laughs> so the only thing I've got, though, I think I've got a, a backpack that's left. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I, I just had to give I'll you see my you in time January, Dustin, so so it's, uh, it's on a bit of fun. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, so, so let's talk about, you know, you, how you both came to join Austin, right? So you, you're both doing separate things in Japan and Australia, respectively, um, you know, before COVID, obviously. Um, Sam, how did the call, you know, MLR ended you know, we had um, Andrew Saniola and Brent Simmons who were here. And then we, of course, we had, uh, you know, just a completely different staff, you know, who was involved. COVID happened and everything changed. Sam, how did you get that call from, I guess it would be Matt Burgess or somebody within the organization who reached out? How did they kind of touch base and say, hey, do you want to come to Austin, Texas and coach an MLR team? Mm. Uh, yeah, it was... Um it's kind of like a lot of different pathways. Um, actually, Mark Mark initially raised my attention to it a long time ago, like before last season started, about an opportunity to come to America because of the new ownership buying a couple of teams. And but that's that's yeah. where it was left, and then and then we kind of parked it um, for a while, and then. Um, We've both got a very good friend who's involved in the club. Uh, he's not involved in the club, but kind of involved in the process. And, and there was a bit of a remit from the from the coaching staff that, um, oh, sorry, from the ownership group that they wanted um, it to have a real Australian flavour. And mm-hmm. um, and as you can see from the coaching appointments, that's what that's what's got. Um, but you know, they, they, they you know, it's it's Australian ownership, and it's and and they want to have good young Australian coaches um, that. That are going to uh, see out the vision of, of, of what the ownership group wants to do, and um, and that's a lot of things. But 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 first and foremost is it, it, it wants to grow the game of rugby in America, and and that's yep. kind of our duty to do that. Um, and kind of the easiest way for us to do that is to have success on the field, but then also in the background to to work really hard with with youth development and um, the programs there. Um, but, but second of all, is just to have a lot of fun doing it. And so, you know, and so, and some coaches, some coaches are, are, are single-minded, you know, um, goal focused, others are process focused, you know, and, and for, for what our guys wanted was coaches that are here for success, definitely, but also, yep. um, to make sure that it's an enjoyable, um, time for the players and for the coaches and for everybody involved. And, um, and and to play really good footy while we're at it, so um, they they achieved that. They got you know good 
young Australian coaches and, and hopefully we can uh, see that vision out with, with both enjoyment and success. Yeah. So, so the call, Mark, did the call come from Sam or Sam, did you call Mark and say, Hey, we're going to go to Austin. How, how no, did that work I, out? Um, I had a quick <laughs> conversation with Sam. Um, was it probably late last year, maybe or early this year, something like that. And then, um, Without that conversation, I sort of sort of parked my sort of my my jets and I left it to Sam and Sammy said, "Mate, leave it with me and I'll get back to you and we'll work everything else out." And then, um, as I said, trust is a big thing, and I I trust that man on that screen, so I'll um, I'll run with that. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's 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 good to hear it that there's a bit of enthusiasm from you all as well. Obviously if there wasn't, I would be very concerned uh, as would all the fans. So we'll make sure that, that you, we know that you guys have the enthusiasm to come here and change some stuff. Um, you know, you both talked about it. Um, you have families, you guys have you know, in Japan and back and forth and Mark, you were talking about being distant. So now if I remember correctly, the Tokyo to Japan or to Sydney is about an eight hour flight. Yep, nine hours pretty good. Nine hours, eight, nine hours. Uh, the, the flight's a little bit longer to Austin. Um, are your families going to come with you to the to the great state of Texas, or is is there going to be a bit of separation there? Yeah, I think um, from my point of view, I don't do it any other way. You know, my family's got to be with me the whole time. Um, very family orientated, but that's not the main. Re- that's not the only reason. Like, I, I I can't do it without them, and and I think Mark has learnt that lesson the hard way. Um, in a different scenario, you know, he was a player and, and um, my point of view, so yeah. from my point of view, the family's coming and I'm pretty sure <laughs> if the family aren't going, too. unfortunately I won't be there. So they're coming. <laughs> that's good. Well, the, the good, the good thing about Austin is it, it's a pretty family friendly place. Um, you know, it, it's a, again, my wife and our, the two of us as a family, like we, we, truly enjoy Austin. It's definitely one of those places where you can go out to any restaurant and see, you know, parents eating outside with their kids in strollers. And we're talking some of the nicest restaurants in town, or if you can go, you know, all kinds of places to go uh, jump in a water hole or eat barbecue or whatever you want to do. So that's uh, ho- hopefully you guys will feel, feel glad in selecting Austin, knowing that it is an extremely sorry for place. Like Cause my kids of- don't have a turn off or a mute button. They allowed <laughs> everything's out in the street. It just well, <laughs> they do say everything's bigger in Texas, including personalities and sat how loud they are. So maybe they'll fit right in with that. So I don't. Just know. speaking about bigger <laughs> in Texas, I'm concerned for our waistlines, our um, pants. Oh, barbecue! Uh, but I can't wait to get yeah. My- my laughing gear around some brisket and some ribs and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I can I can tell you uh, anecdotally, uh, I moved here. I, I'm not a native Texan, just as a caveat to everybody who listens. I think we've talked about this before for you all, for both of you right here. Uh, not a native Texan. Uh, when we first moved here, uh, I cannot tell you, I probably gained a good eight, eight to 10 pounds in the first month or so here, just because we were eating tacos and barbecue and avocado, like everything that we could get our hands on. And the food here is 
phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> and you, you look so, like quite a, a lean build, yeah, Dustin. Would I, would I be right in assuming that? I, 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 I'd like to, I'd like to think that I'm a lean build. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll take the compliment. Both, both yes. Me, both, both Mark and I, if we look at food, we gain weight. So it's like it's going to be a real roller coaster for us. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been bigger in my days back. Back when I played, was playing rugby in my collegiate days, I was a good 265. So yep. um, I, I was much larger. So wow. yeah, I slimmed down a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's when you start, you, you learn how to eat better. <laughs> you play, you play rugby well, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I played for 13 what years. What position? I played, I played, I played tight head prop. Uh, and then I moved to hooker a little bit. And then after I lost about a hundred pounds, I moved back to eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, whatever, but only, only played 15s, never played sevens. Cause that's just ridiculous. Uh, I don't enjoy that amount of running. Um, no rugby league. Cause obviously rugby league is not a big thing in the U S. Uh, in fact, I don't know why, but some American rugby fans do not care for rugby league. I I I, th- I thought it would be the gateway drug for from the NFL to rugby union. Um, you know, just kind of work on that. We can talk about that. I can we can talk a whole other podcast about that one. Um, but it's a uh, yeah. I, I think rugby is a growing sport in the U.S. Uh, some people have said, well, it's kind of at flattening, but I think with MLR and the and the interest in it and the you know the national coverages on CBS and ESPN and the like, it's really pushing. Uh, it's pushing more rugby in front of people that never had it pushed in front of them before, you know, growing up when, when I started playing, like I played, I was lucky enough to play a little bit in high school, um, which is very, I, well, this is back in the late nineties. Um, you know, Mark, Mark will understand that since you're the same age. <laughs> same <deal too. laughs> um, it's a long time ago. God, it's, uh, it's so long ago. Um, but yeah, it's rugby was not ever on television and you rarely saw it. Um, you'd catch a glimpse every now and then usually of probably an international test match. Um, a- AFL was all over the place, um, on ESPN two at the time. Um, but regular rugby union was just, wasn't common, but fell in love, fell in love with the sport. And that's what led us to here. I, I, I too, uh, Sam, you talked about knee injuries. I tore my ACL and MCL and PCL at one time, you know, multiple knee surgeries. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Playing basketball, yeah, not playing rugby. Yep. Uh, I think that's the reason for so, my, my issues as well. Yep, yeah. So it, it is what it is. But hey, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk 2021. How the team's shaping up. We're gonna we're gonna get their thoughts on how uh, you know the strategy and you know what kind of rugby we're going to play. And then we are going to put Mark and Sam to the test as new Austinites. We're going to give them the Texas Austin rugby quiz. There's really no name for it because it's the first thing I've just made up. So we're going to have some questions. Uh, we'll be right, right back after this. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're here with the new coaches for Austin, Sam Harris, Mark Gerard. We've been talking about how they came to join the club. We talked about their history. Um, 
some questions I didn't get to, but I may come back to here here in a minute, talking about the rugby league uh, days. There's some very interesting comparisons that I may I may try to make, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so let, let's let's get down and talk about 2021. Right? Um, there's still quite a few gaps, um, as I see it, and as some of the fans see it that that we need to address. Uh, right now, we got centers eight, and of course, just filling out a full roster of 35 plus players. Uh, how are things looking? On your end, uh, I think we, we've talked that we we can't make any special announcements of any players that can be confirmed or not. So we'll we'll kind of push that aside for we'll let the marketing team for the AGs do that. Um, but how are things going as far as preparing to have a full team ready to go? You know, the training starts when for you guys? February. Yeah. So, so, so go, so going into February, how, how are things looking for you all to have, you know, that complete squad set up and ready to go? Yeah. In terms of signings and stuff. It, it, just, just, just having signings and just having, you know, the, the plan to get people here. Uh, we were talking just offline a minute ago about visa issues, getting all that taken care of ahead of time so that we, you know, aren't running into that again. Um, and then how are you kind of preparing I, I guess you'd have to talk about preparing things in still a time of COVID here in the U.S. Uh, I know that you guys in, in Australia are back to having fans at games. We still have fans, but it's still kind of you know hit and miss in some locations. Uh, what, what are what's your, what's your mindset around that right now? But we'll, let's let's talk about filling out the team and, and kind of how you're going with that right now. Yeah, in terms of filling out the team, we've pretty much we had pretty much finalized the squad like six weeks ago. Um, wow. You know, you, we haven't finalized all the paperwork and we haven't got all the media ready to announce everything but yeah the the team the team's been finalized for a long time now which is good which gives us a lot of stability and um the opportunity for the coaches now to go to work and come up with building the pieces around that which is positive really good and then in terms of uh visas yeah that's the that's the million dollar question um and I bet it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's um, there's a lot of variables and, and different things and stuff that's out of our control. But but yeah. what we could control was making decisions early about the squad, so that that gives the lawyers enough time to make sure that um, the visa petitions are put in early enough to make sure that they're squared off by the time we start in February. Yeah, let, let me, I'll ask you that kind of you're talking about, you know, having time to fill out the squad. How much of the, you know, how much of the players who have been signed already um, and who were about to announce have you had control of? I you know, obviously some some people were announced prior to the announcement of you all as coaches. Um, what's been what was kind of your involvement with that? Were you have you been kind of, you know, behind the wheel the entire time, you know, pulling all the chains and everything to make sure everything uh you get the players that you want to get to the team. Yeah, yeah. It's um, obviously there was some people. There's some two-year contracts involved, and um, like multi-year contracts involved, and mm -hmm. there was. Uh, in answer to your question, yeah, I've had complete control <laughs> of um, <laughs> recruitment and making sure that yeah. uh, who I want to stay with it that was already pre-existing in the group stays and. Um, you know, I had ideas about players that I wanted to bring in that I think could really add to the to the group and to the culture and to the game plan, and and then kind of made moves around. You know, players that serve the, the team really well, but just weren't in my picture moving forward. Yeah, no, it's totally understandable. I mean, we, we talk. There's 
quite a few players that we've signed to bring back. There's quite a few that were with the team last season. Uh, one of those players being, you know, Jamie McIntosh from, you know, Whopper's coming back. Um, you know, obviously he's going to come back in a player coach role forwards coach. Um, how do you kind of see that working out uh, within the organization right now? Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of international players within the MLR are already doing this. This is not a foreign concept, whether the, yeah. whether the team gives them the title or not. Um, I think Whopper was doing this last season, probably from from what I've heard from other sources. So, um, look, I've I've played against Jamie, I've uh, known him for a long time, and have reconnected um, recently after after joining the AGs. And he is a great guy, great for team culture, and a yeah. and a fair footy player. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's done. He's done all right. Yeah, knows, knows, knows a thing or two about um, scrummaging, and so he'll be our scrum coach, and he'll also look after our attacking breakdown. And um, nice. he's currently doing the same sort of role with the Otago team in, in the ITM, and uh, it's just great for him to get that that those learnings and to be part of a, a you know a semi professional um, organization like that that are week in week out in the trenches and playing at such a high class so that's a really good competition so he's um growing and learning and bringing lots of ideas to the table once once we get started yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously you're talking about other players, MLR, international players, you know, Austin's quite, got quite a few of them, uh, especially in the back line, you know, obviously Mark, you, you, you played in the back line. You were, you know, played in the back line. I think I saw you play a couple different positions throughout your career at fullback wing center, you know, what are some of the, you know, the communication that maybe you've had with Kurt Morath, who's coming back and, and some of the other lads, uh, so far that, you know, kind of gets you excited for the back line. You know, we talked, I've talked about it on, um, on Texas rugby monthly last time, talking about a, a pretty dangerous back line that we may have, um, which I think is, is great for the team. Um, you know, with Frank Halai and, you know, Zinzan and Roderick waters, you know, r- young players, what's been kind of the communication you've had with that, that back line so far that, that gets you really excited for 2021 yeah the, probably the more exciting part for me is the balance that we have across our back line um mm-hmm. i know sammy's been doing a lot of work in and around uh, you know the play recruitment and how we want to play and plays that suit that style that we want to play so i think it's very important we, it's been it's very early days mind you with talking to the players individually about sort of how we want to play and certain things so what we initially wanted to do was actually get the right players as sammy said um that it will help our group grow that's individually and collectively and not always having to rely on the coaches for that sort of Mm -hmm. forefront vision of themselves to be better. So to have that group and to have the players that we do, especially as you said, the back line, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I actually went over it last week just doing combinations while I was in bed where my wife was getting annoyed so I could turn the light off and go to sleep. I just was scribbling <laughs> down. It's just one of those things. It's it's good. I kind of need to get back into it more um, and just probably put my head down. And again, I'm, I'm at a bit of a transition. I'm trying to tie off work so I can actually have my head stuck into, into the coaching role and, and what I need to do. Um, but in yeah. the roster that we have uh, and, and the playing group that we have, especially for our back line, it's exciting when when you talk about those players coming through and you've got the experience and you've got the joys of youth, but you've got guys that want more, that want to more for individually as well as collectively. So that part's extremely exciting, and especially the way what we're going to play. Um, 
bit hard to share that right now because we're, we're still trying to evolve it. Uh, so there's a full understanding, especially as coaching group first, and then we can obviously implement that through the playing group. But at this stage, when you talk about the players and as you said, when you talk about sort of strengthening that back line, I'm really excited. Uh, and like Sam is we want to play a particular a, a brand that attracts people to, to Austin. At what, you mm-hmm. look at us and go, well, hold on. I want to be there. I want to do what they're doing. So that the top, that's the type of thing yeah. that we're and even I'm wanted striving for, for for the playing group. And as you said, like we have got a, I believe, a very strong backline. We're just going to be able to harness it, nurture it, and make sure that they can work well together and how we want to play collectively. And then you know what, balance and enjoyment. You'll see that in the forefront when we come play, uh, come play all our home games. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know the previous seasons. Austin has, it's been, it's been tough because we're always working on visas and getting people over, not having the teams ready to go. How important was it for you, Sam, you know, just right off the bat to, to get the core, a core group of guys that you wanted to come back to, you know, to the team in 2021. And then also, you know, to really have to know and to let people know that, Hey, here's who's coming in. Here's, you know, again, we know that some there's players who, you know, are still coming. You have your whole team laid out, um, you know, so far. And that's, that's great. How important was it to you to get that set up and get that established and get that core group of guys back for, you know, from last season? Um, because again, if we look at the, the last game of the season against Houston, um, you know, before COVID hit, it, it was, it was a great game. We came back, we actually played, you know, from my perspective, played probably one of the best games that we played in, in probably about two years, um, you know, cohesively that is. Uh, so, you know, how how important was it to get those players back? You're you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, got a little technology. Um, <laughs> it was really important to to retain, you know, the really good players in the group um, because, as you said, that that last performance um, against Houston was 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 great. It was a great win. Um, both Mark and I were watching. Finally. Yeah, finally, finally. <laughs> and, and I think, um, you know, there was all kinds of um, trials and tribulations for the team. Um, and they came close in other games. They played really attractive oh, yeah. rounds of footy and all the rest of it. And I think Brett and Andrew did a great job. And I thought also what happened was uh, Mick Byrne came in at the start of the season and yeah, and he, he just kind of really showed the team a roadmap to – success and, and to hard work and, and, and to purpose, like how, how, to, how to train with purpose and make sure that every post you make is a winner. And, and I think you did a great job of that. And so whilst the, the, the win against Houston was great, you know, it, it was only one win and we need yeah. to make sure that I knew that we needed to make sure that, um, you know, the Austin area and the team has gone through some hard times of late. And and what I wanted to do was make sure that we had a really strong roster going into next season, and, and, and we've done that. Um, but in, in back to your question, make sure we retain the players and make sure that we also retain the identity of what Austin Rugby stands for and, and who has come before them and what they stood for and make sure that we, um, you know, hold on to that identity. And then yeah. and then grow off that, and so with the t- with the players that we've retained, I think we we put ourselves in a position to then um, recruit uh, internationally and within America and Canada um, to to build a really strong squad. I think 
with um, with that also with the visa question as well. Um, I made sure that if if we didn't get any visas allowed, we still had a team on the park and we still had a team that could compete. So I've got two squads. I've got you know. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one that's definitely going to be in the country, definitely going to be in the country, and and we're yep. going to go, we're going to go well. And then if 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 we if we do get every every player across to America, and our visas get accepted, then yeah, we're going to be exceptionally strong. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we can we can all definitely hope that we have the uh, the latter of the two, where we have all of our players. That's right. get, get game one, ready to go. Uh, you know, and <laughs> filled out. And I think externally. Um, Expectations might be still low, uh, but I think internally, um, expectations are going to be high. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you know, I don't know how much you guys dive into the world of Reddit or any other of the social media channels. Mark, as you said, you're, 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 you, we know more about your life on social media through your wife, <laughs> through your wife than than through you. Um, you know, I, I think that people have the expectation or you know the thought about Austin. Definitely goes back to you know the the winless season last year, no in six or the year before, no in sixteen, and you know kind of the changes that happened, and then kind of losing very close games, you know the second, third, fourth game of the season uh, last year too. So I think that people have this expectation, like, well, it's just Austin. Well, whereas if you actually get down and watch some of those games last season, uh, you you talked about it, Sam. Like those those games were very cl- like those games were close. Like, yeah, we had the tie against Utah and, you know, we had, you know, the, the other, the other games too <clears throat> that we played quite hard again, not having the full team, but again, it's one of those things where so close and, you know, the game against Rooney where I, I, I thought the final score was going to be about 65, 63 and, and then, you know, lots of scoring and high energy play, which is different than what we played the first two seasons. So uh, glad that you're, you're saying that and glad to hear that, you know, you've got the team that you want to have in and the style that you want, you know, that you're going to play. Um, speaking of style, we did talk and we sent a message out to a bunch of the fans uh, because this isn't just about me asking you questions. I wanted fans to get involved. Um, we had some fans reach out and kind of with that, uh, you know, that rugby style, one of the fans, <coughs> Houston, um, native, uh, Grant Cole, and who also works with, uh, the uh, rugby HTX and a former colleague in Texas rugby monthly. He wanted to know what kind of rugby should Austin fans expect from the team in 2021? Uh, what's the style of play that you anticipate to, to bring, bring the AGs? Mark, you want to, you want to, you want to take that one yeah, sure. and, and see, see if it lines yeah. up with, see if it lines up with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I anticipate we're going to play a very free-flowing game. Um, the way that we want to yep. play is a, a very attractive brand of rugby and whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I can't tell you right now what it's going to be. Um, how we <laughs> want to do it is obviously teach the guys the game, but they need to understand the game themselves as well because knowledge is uh, and can go a very long way in this game and plays a huge factor in understanding the flow of when to play, when not to play, control the moments, all that type of stuff. So they're, they're little small elements of the game, which um, I believe that need to be taught as well. But also, you know, I, I want us to score points. I want us to play, as I said, in a very attractive brand of, of rugby. And whatever that looks like, I know potentially what it could look like, but I can't tell you what it's going to look like. 
it's just something that you're going to have to wait and see. But when I say that I, I want us to be um, a very highly skilled, highly intense, motivated team to play, um, and I, I believe that you will see that uh, through the AGs come through this season. So that's something that we want to implement early um, and encourage them. You know, there's no fear of failure because you can't. The only way to learn is from falling over, falling down. You need to to go through yep. it. And the boys have been doing that um, the last few seasons. I, I want to encourage them to actually back themselves and trust in what we do together because uh, I know that it will work. I know it does work. Now it's just about putting it on the field at the right times and the right moments. And I believe it's going to be a, a very attractive way of playing rugby. Um, and that'll just show, uh, you know, what, what I believe Austin is all about. Austin is a, a very open city. It's a very open town. Now, I want us to be the same when we play our rugby. I want us to be quite open in how we play. I want us to be very attractive yep. like Austin. You know, I want to have yep. that stance and make sure that the boys understand that this is who we are, this is how we want to play, and let's show them how we do it. Yep. Sam, does that, does that, uh, did, did he do a good job of, of kind of going with the philosophy that you're having? Yeah. Make sure that we're all right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've, um, we've discussed this at length. You know, like we, we, we definitely want to play an attractive brand of footy, you know, like uh, continuity-wise, hopefully offloads, you know, with a team and a group of players, you know, in re- back to recruitment, you know, a lot of teams talk about a no-dickhead policy and I'm not preaching that we have that, but w- what I am preaching that we do have, you know, however many people that are going to play for us, they're going to be good people and yeah. and they're going to be able to, to play the rugby that we want to play. And that's, that's high continuity and, and the skill to execute any task that they need to when they, when they need yeah. to. Um, and then I don't want people to walk away from this or listening to this, to think that we're going to play this loose brand of rugby that we're just going to throw the ball around. That's not going to be it. And, and we are going to be incredibly physical and Mark's going to be looking after the attack. I'm going to be looking after the defense. And whilst we want to score a lot of points, I don't want to let a lot of points in, you know? So um, we want to be, we want to be extremely physical um, and we will have a high line speed and um, you know, in all facets of the game, we, we kind of want to um, dominate and yeah. in, in an impressive fashion that, that draws fans to the game. So, and, yeah. and on top of that, like, We've spoken about a really hot backline, which we have. I think our set piece is going to be the difference. And um, I, yeah, the the backline is nice. I mean, it, listen, I, I, I'm Dustin, excited. That's um, nice. The backline's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Listen, come on, we, we we talked about where I played. I never played in the back line, never had, yeah, just couldn't do it. So, <laughs> uh, but no, you know, I, I am excited about that, that forward pack. Um, it's, you know, when you have people like, uh, you know, you know, Wapa who's good, you know, and, and Mason Peterson and, and Lerome and, you know, again, CEO coming in there as well into the second row. Um, and, and you've got Cam Dodson who's young, he's young kid, really excited um well actually having him on the podcast here in a couple of weeks too so that'll be nice um yeah so we're gonna get, the guys are great i i'm actually more excited about the back you know the loose forwards <laughs> than anything else um i think uh dominic bailey and Dominikina and and mo abdominant like they are you know for me like I, they are some of the fastest and most aggressive players and uh i, I see uh a lot of similarities between Damakina and like Artie Savia. Uh, I think that he plays a lot like him, the same build, same size. Like, so I'm, you know, I like Dom. Dom's a great guy. So I'm, I'm excited to see 
see those guys. Yes, yes, the set pieces are great. Backline is also great. I, we we don't we like the whole team. So it's not a, <laughs> we're not playing favorites, Mark. Don't worry about I'm, it. I'm with you like Sammy. I'm forwards. Um, for me, scrum yeah. line out set piece. If we're dominant in those areas going forward, mate, we're just the gravy train on the end. So you know yeah. those guys for, for, are for, our they're our engine room. That's you know yeah. And, and, if you look at a car. We're just the outside of the car. Those blokes are the pretty ones. Else. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pretty parts, right? <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's it's it is exciting. You know, set pieces, lineouts. If um, we we won't say any names of people who are allegedly signed to the team, but once it does get announced, um, to talk about the excitement of you know lineouts, the engine room, you know that second row is going to be stacked full of stacked full of workhorses you know and, and guys who who get come with a high degree high pedigree and a lot of experience which i think is great Dustin, um, I'm, happy, I think I'm happy for you to speculate mate about about <laughs> names that are coming but we are just in no position to confirm or deny that's all that's that's fine i'll, I'll speculate I'll, I'll be kind and i won't mention any names from any uh former clubs around the world <laughs> uh we'll, we'll leave that up for another time hi well, keep the uh keep the marketing team with the gilgronies happy with me so i don't get too too much in trouble with that sure. no <laughs> um so, so you know you, you're ta- you talked about ha- bringing players on one of the other questions uh S- stefan smith asked uh if you're open to having international players come in for a short trial period uh, I don't know how that would look uh, <laughs> with MLR, especially given with visas, um, and also with you know the different uh, you know the timing of play is about the same time as uh, Super Rugby would get started started off, and you know you've got Pro Pro fourteen or fourteen right now, sixteen eventually. I don't know how that's working out with South Africa, um, but you know those times. What, what's your thoughts on bringing kind of trial players over? I don't know. I don't know how how that best works, but I did want to make sure that we did answer their question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just from my point of view, I think um, they're, they're a great concept to, to bring them over if you've got the budget to do it. And I know yeah, enough, right. I know we do, but um, Mario Toji was the free at one point. I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if, yeah. If, if, if I think you got a couple million dollars. Of, we're talking those kinds of names, and they're going to come over. They've got like a four-week block that they could potentially <laughs> join the team for next to no money. I'd be interested in having that conversation. Don't worry about that. Yeah. But um, in terms of, you know, we've spoken at length about the squad, and what we haven't spoken about in in recent times from Austin's. DNA, there hasn't been a lot of stability or security for the players or, or the coaching staff, really. And what, yeah. I, what I want to make clear is that I, I, the guys that I've brought here is because both Mark and I believe in them as players. And um, so, you know, I, I want them to know that they're our guys and, and they're yeah. here for a reason. They wouldn't be here if, if, if they weren't. So if we, if we weren't to bring in anyone, I'd be happy because I know that we've got the squad to, to make good things happen. Yeah. No, it's and that's that's completely understandable. And kind of to dovetail into that again, I I don't know how the question. Good question, but uh, it's it's hard for me to judge how that actually would work out from just from the MLR standpoint. Just getting the players signed and contracts and everything. So, um, so John Woolley, who is one of the co-founders of of the Austin Rugby Supporters Group, this kind of ties into the previous question about bringing players in. He kind of he wants to know, yeah, <laughs> he wants to know what your short and long-term goals you're aiming to achieve with the organization. 
Um, you know, what, what are you going to project for this year? And then again, building out that, you know, the next couple of years, as you said, there's been a lot of instability in Austin and it's been hard as a, as a supporters group, as, as fans to say, yep, we're ready to go. Um, but what do you, what are your goals that you want to achieve, you know, short and long-term here? Mark, you got the same ideas as me, mate, so you can answer this <laughs> Mate, short term for us as the AGs, to, from my view, is exposure. Now, we need to create positive enjoyment in that exposure, both as the playing group on and off the field. And obviously, we said this earlier, I think, off air, that we actually want to get out a little bit more to the community and to actually show that, you know, this is why we're here, this is what we're about. On the flip side of that, when you talk about Long goals is success. We want to be successful. The more that we are successful on the field, it will naturally grow who we are within the Austin community. Now, that's probably small to big picture off-field. On-field, I want to make sure that the community sees who we are and how we play. Mate, we're passionate. We want to, we want to do what we want to do. We want to make Austin proud. And obviously, at the end of that comes success. So short-term is actually be... Um, really, really sort of constructive in how we want to start, especially for us, because I believe this is a, a new opening of who we are at the AGs. And then if you want to look at long-term, I'm talking about we can look back in five years and go, you know what, Sam and Mark help establish what the AGs are all about. And it's like the you, you, your elite clubs around the world. So you talk your Saracens, you talk your Crusaders, they had to start somewhere. And that's something that yeah. we want to do for the AGs is to start right where we are when we get over there, even now, for instance, and then come five, six years down the track, you look back on all this and go, well, hold on, we grew this to this point here and this is where we want to stay. And that's kind of nice. something that's long-term and that's something that we're looking to do. And, you know, for Sam and I, this is not a 12 months, 18 months. Like we want to be there for five or six years to help grow and establish and actually help grow the MLR on a national scale and a global scale. But first and foremost for us nice. is to make sure that the AGs have their DNA within the Austin community and the United States as well. Yeah. Sam, are you kind of locked in on that? On, you know, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, for sure. Probably the only, the only or not amendment, but just add on to that is short term, <laughs> also success. Like, we, we, want to, we want to win it. Like, yeah. we've, got, we've got the group to do it. Um, it's on it's on me and Mark and the rest of the coaching group to to make sure that we facilitate and make sure that we put things in place to to allow that to happen and then um yeah if if things pan out like we think it will then hopefully we get success at the end of the season as well awesome i i i think that's it's great to know that it's not just you know like you said six months, 12 months, whatever it may be like, this is you're, you're planning for the long term, and you know, no, things don't happen overnight. And I, you know, I talked with Matt Burgess last year, a lot about this, uh, about the plan, um, you know, and, and what we wanted to, what they wanted to bring to the Austin community. And this next question will kind of tie into that as well. And it's exciting to hear what the Loyals LLC wants Loyals group wants to bring to the Austin area yet yeah, LA too. They have their team, but, you know, what that, what that will bring to them, um, it bring to us here as Austin fans, as players, as youth, as, you know, whatever it may be. So, uh, glad to know that you guys are definitely, you know, in step with that. So 
kind of the tie-in with that, uh, Matias Quiroga, uh, he asked, will the AGs have an under 18 or academy team that you guys will look to build? Now, knowing that um, Rugby HTX, Houston just did it. Uh, it was also announcements from, I believe, San Diego and New England as well. Um, and I, maybe Old Glory did it too. Uh, and then, of course, Atlanta has their 404 pathway. Uh, do you guys have any plans to, to start developing that and building out, you know, building out that academy or you know, building the, the, the steps, having the building blocks to, to create that academy? Yeah, I think I was just hesitating a little bit because I think until, until this point, I've kind of done the legwork and then, but from probably here moving forward, Mark's going to be the face of this. So um, we've, we're definitely going to, youth development's a huge market for us and a huge market for the MLR as well and for USA Rugby. So yeah. Um, it's a bit of a different model from other countries and and probably different to what USA rugby would like to do, but they're kind of <laughs> their hands their hands are tied and, and they need to entrust the MLR clubs to invest in, in youth rugby. So um, we'll have we'll have a program for under fourteens, we'll have a program for under eighteens, um, and then we'll also have a senior academy. So um, yeah, if there's if there's those transition athletes after high school that are looking for a rugby opportunity, um, it'll be within the senior academy. So um, this is a huge part of our duty to to Austin and to and to American rugby to make sure that we grow, um, we grow players, we grow coaches, we grow referees, we grow um, administrators. You know, like like we've stated already, we think that the the competition as a whole is about to just blow up. And yeah. but what we want to do in the background is make sure that we've also got um, things in place that make success sustainable. Um, yes, we could always recruit good foreigners to to the team, and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that they go really well. But to real ultimate success. It has to come from within, and it has to come from, you know, that under fourteen level exposure to to rugby, and then at the under eighteen level, make sure that the identified talent get exposure to really good coaching, so that they can that does tail into performance and hopefully selection into an MLR team yeah. or a college team or or whichever path it is. And that one's a little bit um, hard to to make definitive, but you know, all we've got to do at that level. Is make sure that players get really good coaching and so that they understand the game and what they're trying to achieve. And then from a senior academy point of view, um, it'll pretty much be like an AGB's team. So like a second team that plays yep. at a tier under and play against other MLR teams that um, that are in the that are in that B kind of category. And yeah. then that exposes those senior academy players to um to like another level of rugby and then yeah. and then it makes it easier for us to identify talent and other teams to identify talent as well. So, um, yeah, so it's not just a yes answer, <laughs> but it's, uh, like it's, it's a, a lot of planning that's been in, in going in, involved and, and a lot of people working behind the scenes in this one. And we've only just recently um, kind of 
really confirmed which path we're going to take because yeah. especially from our point of view, it's really hard to know because we've never been to Austin before. Like, can't wait to get there, but <laughs> to not know the lay of the land and make decisions like this is hard, but we've um, yeah. put a lot of time and effort into it. It's a really uh, strong belief system of ours that for us to maintain success, we need to build this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's... <sighs> When you when you talk about the the pathways and I think the importance, we can literally have a very heated debate with many people around USA Rugby about what they haven't done right or what they have done right, what people think that they've done right, but they haven't. Um, but you're right. It, they should be taking kind of a, a key from MLR and building those academies and the pathways. Um, you know, we've talked on, you know, I've talked with different people about it before. It's important that 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 style uh, that that structure of how people go about the under 14s under 18s senior level academy etc um mlr that that is carried out everywhere and we can build into that you know more so you know we still have the club level rugby in the us which is always going to be prevalent because they're just a ton of rugby players but building out that academy level will feed into what would what people would hope to be you know USA Eagles and and a, and a better, uh, more experienced rugby squad going into the future of you know World Cups you know coming down the road. Just people talk about USA's twenty thirty one bid for for the World Cup here. Um, so one would hope that you would have again that right structure that you were talking about in place. Um, talking about the the local clubs and building that out there, there is a and you've probably heard there's a strong history of rugby in Austin and very heated rivalries and uh, a lot of, you know, uh, it's, it's either black or blue, Huns or blacks, you know, things like that. They have all kinds of stuff, but what's important is the local club and youth rugby scene in Austin. And so John Denon, uh, another member of the group, a supporters group wanted to know what your plans are to be involved with the local club and the, the youth rugby scene um, and, you know, maybe Mark, you can, you can kind of take this as well to start off with, since you'll kind of be a part of that, uh, or heading that up, you know, what's your kind of plan to be out at some of these, you know, schools and elementary, you know, elementary schools to, so you can introduce them, uh, to rugby and then also then working with the local rugby clubs in town. Yeah. So we're still on what Sammy was saying. We're still very early on in talks and how we're going to sort of structure all of it and how it's going to look. But a big key thing for us is obviously those academies and obviously rugby exposure in Austin. So we're still establishing how it looks, how it's going to look, especially from the seniors, uh, senior academy and on your way down. Um, at the same time is the exposure out, getting out to the high schools. Um, Mason Hearing has been a, a, a great support, great help for us, which is really good. Um, very energetic around this area, which is great. Um, I, I think it's something that's going to, yeah, <laughs> I think he's going to be a great character for what we need for it to grow. Um, and it's somebody that I'm probably going to rely on a fair bit for obviously local information. Um, and, and then obviously the probably local understanding in, in, in what will work um, and what won't work. And so we've had these discussions. I think we've got to, we'll definitely have a, a few more Zoom chats in and around um, some potential outlooks on what it's going to look like. Um, but definitely that's a, that's a key thing for us is definitely get out to the high schools. And again, as I initially said, it's it's actually about the rugby exposure. It's the AG's exposure into the local community. Yeah. That's something that we need to do. And I think that's a, a very important part, as I said, to sort of grow the brand and actually show you know, we are here 
not just as rugby players and it was a rugby club, but we want to be part of the community. Yeah. So we want to be able to get that out there um, as soon as we can. And so I said, it's very early days, but um, that is definitely on our cards and we want to play them and make sure we play them right. Nice. Definitely. I, and um, it's, it's always good to hear. Um, again, there is, there's a long history of, of, of opinions and thoughts on, you know, again, one, the original MLR side originated from one of the teams here in town. So, um, you know, kind of taking that on and bringing that into where we're at now, it's been, you know, I think it's been long enough where the separation doesn't really feel like there's a kind of a close tie, but you know, we want to have that close tie to the rest of the rugby community in Austin uh, and central Texas. I mean, we don't, you know, we pull in from San Antonio and things like that too, which is an hour and a half South of here, uh, even all the way up to, um, uh, Colleen, which is about an hour and a half, about an hour and 20 minutes North, just below Waco area. Um, you know, there's a rugby club up there called Fort hood and they're all pretty much all military or ex military guys that play. Um, and so they'll, they'll drive down to, you know, to the stadium an hour, hour and a half just to come watch a match. Um, so I think stuff like that's important. It's good to hear that you guys. And just probably um, on that too, Dustin, um, when you said talking to clubs, like for us, it's just not about the players as well. We want to be able to, and again, sooner if we can, set up some Zoom conversations with those local club coaches and sort of see sort yeah. of where they stand and, and, and their expectations of us. And also for us is actually show what we're willing to do for them too, because it's only healthy that we help create a very sort of healthy platform for both player and coaches. And that's something that we're really big on too, um, because that's another pathway for local coaches to develop and obviously have that progression through, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll find a local um, senior Academy coach that can help come in and help us coach because it's it's definitely a, a really good flow and effect and pathway for those guys if they're willing and obviously they have that ambition to coach at the highest level. It's something that it's there as well. And that's something that Sam and I have spoken earlier about. And I, I think it's just a healthy thing that we reach out to the clubs um, as players and also as coaches uh, and just show them sort of where we're at and what we're willing to do. Um, and obviously we need sort of to and fro. We need we need their engagement as well. So that's something that we're big yeah. on and we understand that. That's where I think Mace will come in quite handy. I might put him there as a punching bag first and I'll step out every now and then. Yeah, that's probably good. Have a couple he's, of things he's to a, say. He's a big dude. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll take a couple of clothes. He's all right. <laughs> well, those Zoom calls will start in November with the coaches okay. and the players. Yeah, nice. Um, so Mason's just in the process of um, – sorting all that out but that yeah that'll that'll happen soon so for your listeners the coaches that are listening we'll we'll, we'll get we'll connect uh in november and look forward <laughs> to that and i think also on the on the teams like i've already spoken with adam and tanya from the um blacks yeah. and the huns and um formed relationship there you know i, I want to reach out we want to reach out to all the clubs in the, in the wider austin yeah. central texas area and um and yeah, especially San Antonio and even the Valkyries, like, you know, I Mark fathers two daughters, I father three. Um Oh yeah. So yeah. And and just big big supporters of women's rugby and just women of in course. general. So um, Oh yeah, Valkyries are Valkyries are great to go watch. <laughs> They're yeah. Vicious. Love, yeah, I love yeah. I love watching the Valkyries. So, so we um, wanna we wanna cast our net wide and far. Yeah, perfect. So um We'll, cut, we'll we'll step back because I don't want to run too much longer on time, and I want to uh, got you know we've got something important since you guys are going to be Texans. We got to have have a little 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 
little competitive match here. Um, but I, I did have a question. I wanted to go back um, talking about a little bit of rugby league. Uh, you, you guys, you started with that. Uh, Sam, you, you, you played with Manly. Um, obviously, next weekend or this weekend is is the grand final. Um, uh, first, first question is, who do you got in the grand final? Uh, and for those who are listening, who don't watch any rugby league for watch any NRL, uh, the grand final is the champ, basically the championship match in Australia. And of course it's a, it's, it's between, uh, the Melbourne storm and, uh, and the, and the Panthers and Pen- Penrith Panthers. So, uh, who do you, who do you guys have in that match? Who's your money on? Yeah, who you got G? Uh, a good mate of mine's son place for the Panthers, so um, and all my family are out west, so they're bugging me that I've got to go for uh, for the Panthers. <laughs> for the Panthers. <laughs> so that's uh, but then my head says, no, forget what my head says. I'm going for Penrith. I like the way they play. They're a young, enthusiastic, very vibrant team, and they're willing to have a go. And that's something that I'd like our uh, our G's to be doing next year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I've actually I've done a, a a week of personal development with the Storm and and I love everybody at that organisation because they're so professional and they're unbelievable oh. um, and a really good model for what we spoke about. Um, but I'm with Mark. I think it's going to be Penrith's <laughs> week. Uh, I think and and similar to what Mark said, like I'd really like our squad's going to be quite young. Yeah, uh, and I'd like. And I'd like them to play with the same sort of freedom that the Penrith are playing with at the moment. So, yeah, I love the Panthers to yeah. I, I love the, the, this question or these, this next question too, or this question and then the next one. Are you going to make some other listeners go, why are you talking about NRL? I was like, because there's not much other rugby on right now. Yeah, if they, if, they, <laughs> if, they can, if they can get to a TV and watch this game, they should because it's, it's a great show. Yeah, the, you can't do it live, but NRL.com, you can always watch the matches Strain. in the U.S. 12 hours after they, pl- after they play, which is fine because it's literally the same time just a day later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's, how I, that's how I've been watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, t- I also think that Penrith will, will take it. But, uh, but Cameron Smith, I mean, he's, he, 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 there's, who knows, man? That guy can, he, he's what? He's... He's our age, Mark, or th- a year younger than us. Yeah, he's younger than us, he's but still, he's another referee. Uh, you watch how he played the last two weeks. He literally refereed. He was the second ref on the field. Yeah. <laughs> that comes with experience. That's great. I think yeah, that's exactly. unreal. Yeah. And so, he's, that is so rich coming from Mark. If yeah. saw his last <laughs> years in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Second, second referee on the field. Fourth referee on the field, whatever it may be. Uh, okay, so uh, last uh, non- uh, union related question. If you could grab one player from the NRL and bring them over to the MLR, who would you bring over? I always loved Sean Johnson, who plays for Cronulla at the moment, but he's the he's the Kiwi halfback. His yep. his feet are amazing. He's got he's got all the skills. I think he would would have been great in rugby union. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm a bit local. I'll go for Tommy Trevojevic, who's a fullback. Uh, you know, a, a kid that potentially could play 13, 15, wing, 12, <laughs> if you need a, a really big ball carry as well. That's somebody that's electric and he's very good in the air. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> My, I, I was, I'd say right now, I was thinking uh, if we go based on. And of finals play, uh, Clint Gutherson was going to be one of my choices because that 
his semifinal match, he pretty much tried to carry the team by himself <laughs> uh, and almost did. Uh, but I also, I do like, I, I do like Mika Sivo. Mike Asivo, he's that dude is monster. <laughs> uh, sure is. You talk about you talk about a beast who will just run up run people over. Like it's yeah, he's like Simi Rajaja two Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's let let's 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 stop talking some rugby union and finish this up. So, you know, now that y'all. And, and you know you, you'll you'll find that we use this word a lot here, y'all. Just like uh, you know, you, you guys have you know, good day. I think Mark is what you said one time in, in an email to me. <laughs> so we, we do say that, but y'all is going to be a big one. You're, you're Austinites. Um, it's important that you know, you know, some of the Austin and Texas facts, and maybe a few rugby questions thrown in here as well. So we're, we're going to play a little game, and you both will be asked the same question. So we'll go to the same question. You'll give an answer, Mark. You'll give an answer, Sam, and we'll alternate. You know, who, who goes first? The person who gets the most answers correct at the end wins. Period. You don't win anything. You just have the bragging rights to everyone in Australia who who cares. <laughs> um, and so, or or at least when you get here, you can tell everybody that you you won some 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 trivia uh, on 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 the podcast. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, man. All right. First question: Texas hasn't always been part of America. How many flags has Texas flown under? Two, four. Four. Okay, so neither of you got that one right. That's six. That's Spain, France, Mexico, the People's Republic of Texas, the Confederate United States, and the United States of America. Wait, back up, back up. What did you say? France. Yeah, France. Yeah, so France. Louisiana Purchase. Yeah, so that's that's American history. Uh, So Spain. Spain. Mexico. Uh, I was thinking Portugal, Spain, and Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then People's Republic of Texas. So we were, okay. were our own state for our own country for a while. Okay. Next Doesn't question. How many me. stars are on the Texas flag? One. Oh yeah, it is two. One. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. There's one and flag. Red, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So red, white, and blue. Red, white, Texas blue. flag. So. Uh, which is bigger, the U.S. Capitol or the Texas State Capitol? Texas. U.S. Capitol or Texas Capitol? So Austin, Austin, Austin or Washington, Washington D.C. Yeah, is that what we're correct? About? Yeah. So yeah. So the U.S. Capitol is in Austin, or sorry, the State Capitol is in Austin. The U.S. is in D.C. So which is, which is a bigger building? Oh, the building. I thought you meant this. Okay. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. So which is a bigger building? Oh, I'll, I'll say Washington. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark, you're going to go up one on that one. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> Texas, it, it's bigger by having like 15 feet taller and so the space is bigger. Uh, there's all kinds. Everything has got to be bigger in Texas. Yeah. All right. True or false, Texas was the first state to have a female governor. First state in the U.S. to have a female governor. Wow. If you think about how Texas has been the last however long. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say false. It sounds like a trick I'll question. I'm going to buck the trend then. I'm going to go true. Yep, Mark, you're, you, you got another one there. That is true. Texas was the first uh, first state to have a female. So governor. I, good for Texas. You think it would go the other way. You, you really would. Right and, for Texas. That, that one actually kind of surprised me too. Uh, what is the state mascot? So which animal is the state mascot of Texas? So, uh, um, here, here, here are your choices. Somebody go first, Sammy. So you, here, you get, you get choice. the answer, but... Oh, okay. 
Okay, gonna, okay, okay. So we have we have the, do you think the you Longhorn. Know? Nah, I, but, I, I I wouldn't have a clue. I don't think it's a cow or a bull, <laughs> but I'll go I'll, with. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you three choices. Can I just so write you, down what I think it is first, and then yeah, and then yeah. you give us the three choices? Yeah, go for it. You'll just have to show it. So so the the first one is a Roadrunner. The second one is a Longhorn, the cow, and the third one is an armadillo. Oh, I'd have to say the Roadrunner. Okay, Sam, show us your page that you wrote there. No, I, did, I didn't have it. I was wrong. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a mule. A mule. <laughs> nope. Uh, let's, go, let's go armadillo then. Yeah, Sam grabs another one on that one. Armadillo is the state Texas <gasps> <Nice>. mascot. <laughs> uh, all right, so what is another name that Austin, Texas is known by? <laughs> it's very popular. Keeping it weird. Oh, that's the motto. But so Austin, Texas is known motto. as the what? <laughs> oh, it's like the it's not the, it's like the not the Rainbow State or whatever. <sighs> is it the free state? I've read this over. <laughs> no, this is also great. I just love asking these questions because I was Australian. Uh, you would never believe it. Uh, uh, nah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dead in the water. Right. It's the live music capital of the world. So if you do like live music, well, yeah, not, not right now, but, but eventually, you know, <laughs> not right now. Uh, all right. Actually, so, Ma- actually Mark's, Mark's daughter, Milana, is, is quite the artist. She's a good guitarist right. and, a, and a very good singer. All right. There you go. Maybe get a get a breakout here in the U.S. when you get here. So Austin has a bridge called the South Congress Bridge. Underneath that bridge is a well. There are a lot of bats, and it's kind of a uh, the the. It's like this the the city mascot, if you will, is is the free tail bat. So every night, how many bats fly out of the Congress Bridge? One million, one point five million, three million, or three point five million. Whoever counted that, well done. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go with three million. I thought it, I was gonna before you gave us the options. I was gonna say two million, but I'll say three point five. Nope, one point five million. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's still a lot. That's of a lot. That's a lot. It's it's pretty. That's a lot of rabies flying out there. It's pretty great, and you'll enjoy it when you get here. <laughs> All right. So Austin is known for two large events every single year. What are they? South by Southwest. South by Southwest. Um, you can give it to him already. <laughs> round, round one, AGs versus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh is, it, is is that what round what we didn't we didn't know that un- unconfirmed, oh, un- unconfirmed officially that <laughs> officially unofficial. <laughs> All right. No, what was the second one? ACL live. So I, I, Sam, I'll, I'll give you one. Okay. On that. I'll give you one on that one because that's a. That's yeah. Sammy. All right. So we're going to do a little a comparison here with uh, your state of New South Wales. Who has the larger population in their respective states, Texas or New South Wales? Texas. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You both got that one. That was, that's a pretty easy one. I believe, uh, I don't know how many live in New South Wales. Um, maybe eight. Not as many as Texas. Not, uh, 20, yeah. 20, 26 <laughs> million in Texas, something like that. Yeah, it's 26 million in Australia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 
In terms of square miles or, or square meters, whatever, which is bigger, Texas or New South Wales? Texas. Yeah, just. It's actually New South Wales. But yeah, because I was thinking of your East Coast. Yeah, you've got you got quite a because that spans that wide. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like okay. our our East Coast kind of curves in, yours kind of bows out a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we're we're at four four right now. Oof, I know. Attention. What is the official nickname? <laughs> what is the official nickname of the state of Texas? <laughs> <laughs> the Lone, I imagine the Lone, Lone, Star, State? Lone State. What's that, Mark? Oh no, I was going with the Star. Okay, but I was—I didn't say anything about Lone. <laughs> the Star, the star State. So, so no. I'll, I'll give—I'll give it to Sam because he, he did yeah. have the Lone, Star, Lone State. Star State. So yes, Texas is the Lone Star. I was just State. thinking of Star. Yeah. All right. What is the official state nice. sport of Texas? <laughs> Official state sport. Yeah, yeah. That's those are things that do happen in America. The official state sport. State sport. There is an official state sport of Texas. It's gotta be gridiron, doesn't it? I'll be shocked. Okay, so Sam, Sam's going gridiron. Mark, you? Uh, um but gridiron for those of you who don't know is American football. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. We, I, I know, but other people don't. <laughs> the state sport, I reckon it'd be like um, a rodeo or something like that. <laughs> riding. Mark, with the, with the right one, rodeo wow. is the official state rodeo. sport of Texas. Great yeah. guess. <sighs> okay. Just seeing the cattle and everything. I know, right? Just <laughs> cowboys. This All right. Mark. Yep, yep, exactly. He's, he's going to hit up the rodeo when he goes back. Who scored the first ever try in MLR for Austin? <laughs> <laughs> which which player is this one if you get this one i would be, i would be shocked i'll, I'll get we'll go by we'll go by position mass is it mass is it marcelo no uh, well, no, 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 no. He, wasn't he wasn't here to see he one. so you don't need a name you just need a position i'll, I'll go i'll go you, you won't you probably won't guess the name but if you, i'll give you a position I'll go, a halfback. I'll go hooker nah as a as a winger Reese Zarnacki was the first. Reese Zarnacki, uh, who played with Austin a little bit last year, and then I, I think he's kind of stepped away from rugby a little bit and plays with the Blacks, I believe. So, good, good we're, kid. We're, we're poor for the loss, Reese. Yep, yep, that's all right. All right, how many names has Austin been called since the inception of MLR? <laughs> Sam? I know of three. I'm going to say four, though. I'll say three. Three? Mark, that's that's one up on you. It has been three. Uh, it was the Austin Elite, elite Austin Herd for the, the brief couple months that we worked on that, and then the AGs. All right, six five is the score right now. Last question: How Maybe many men? Tiebreaker up your sleeve. Oh Dusty. yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. How many men's and women's club teams are in the Greater Austin area? So not including San Antonio, just in Austin, the Greater Austin 25. area. Twenty-five. It's a way more than that. <laughs> club club oh, level teams. Oh, club level? Yeah, club club level teams in, in Austin. So uh, official clubs. So if you'd say like not not the different like first division, not second the, grade, not the tiers, just, just, the, just, the clubs. just the clubs. I'm going to say seven. No, I thought there was more. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to say 15. <laughs> so, so surprisingly, it's only four. 
So if, if you if you don't count high school, because uh, uh, yeah. I'm thinking of all the high school I, I, I think so, so, uh, Naming wise, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess that's not really fair for us to do that. Um, no, that's all right. That's good. But, I was going through club, like the San Antonio and the and the, the yeah yeah yeah. The hood. Yeah, yeah, forehead. Yeah, so if if you get that, there, there's actually quite a few. Like we we do get up into the 15s and 20s in cent- in Central Texas, but in the Austin area, of course. Austin. When we okay. say Central Texas, to get out of Central Texas, you have to drive about three hours. So what do we got there? <laughs> we got the have we got the Blacks, the Huns, the Blacks, others, Huns, and the Marcos? others, uh, and then um and then the Valkyries. Oh, the Valkyries. And San Marcos is I don't really consider that Austin, but yeah, it's a kind of blending into San Marcos. So kind of a tricky question. Congratulations. But, Yes, Mark, you, you you have you have finished it here, all around applause. Mark, you're a winner of the inaugural and probably the last Austin, Texas rugby quiz. So, uh, man. Hey uh, guys, I I don't want to take much more of your time. It's been really great. Um, I know that I've enjoyed chatting with you, getting to know you, uh, and just kind of learning about the the style of play, learning about uh, your guys' history and, and what you're getting ready to do. Uh, any last thoughts as we kind of uh, close this out and, and, and let you guys get on with your day and you know, let me get on with my evening? <laughs> Mark, you go first. You go. No, I just want a, a huge shout out to the Austin community. Um, Destin, and thanks for the opportunity to have a chat and obviously show a bit of what we're about um, and what we're potentially looking to do over in Austin. Um, I'm extremely excited, uh, as is my family. It's, it's funny, we're going in cycles with my kids. They're happy, they're disappointed, they're excited, they're all over the shop at the moment. <laughs> but I think once we get over there, I'll appreciate what Austin's all about, and that's something that excites me, uh, especially myself and my family. And probably one other thing, mate, if you can tell me which club I should go play for when I get over there, because I wouldn't mind having a run. Oh man, uh, well, offline. I'll, Don't have to tell me uh, right uh, now. Offline. You can wait till I get there. <laughs> Sam, who, who do you? Any, any last kind of parting parting thoughts for you? Yeah, just like I think. Um, again, thanks for inviting us onto the show because love your work and there's there's heaps of these popping up around at the moment but like it's not easy to do a podcast like there's a lot lot of post-production into it so so thanks for your time mate and um really appreciate it i think from a from a team's point of view and our season theme point of view which is um what, what we want to create is just a really big family atmosphere within yeah. the team and then and then extend that to anyone else who comes in contact with the team. And so, Dustin, now that you've started this, you, I mean, you were already part of the family, but, <laughs> but officially, welcome to the AG family, mate. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And then, and then um, like Mark said, to, to the rest of the Austin community, Texas community, anybody who wants to follow the AGs. Hey, people up in Dallas, family. up in Houston, because they don't, we don't, they don't need their teams. <laughs> but look, as soon as you come in contact with us, you're going to see that... We're bringing a different style to to Austin and and to and to rugby in America, and we're we're all about inclusiveness and about being a family. And um, there's a lot of team sports in America, but but no one does team sports like rugby does. Like it's it caters for every shape and size, age, um, disabilities, gender, anything. Like we cater for it. So and, yeah. and we're going to leverage off that and make sure that we make this experience really special for everyone involved. That's awesome. Um, I I can't. Thank you guys enough for some of the comments that you made, you know, inclus- inclusivity, being part of a family. That's, that's really what rugby is about. That's why 
I continue to push stuff like this out for three years and try to, you know, continue to, you know, as we say, grow the game. And that's kind of a big trend uh, as far as hashtags go and that social media uh, mark that your wife knows about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mate, if, you, if you need someone to employ, mate, she's pretty good. <laughs> well, chat, chat offline. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I, I do think it is, it's great to hear you guys say that because it's important for us as, as a community to keep, uh, you know, keep supporting one another, keep backing, um, you know, backing local community, you know, rugby clubs. And, and it starts kind at the lowest level and works its way all the way up to uh, where you guys are at and you guys then feed back down into the the lowest levels by giving your experience and advice and coaching and, and just helping build that up and it is something to to be grateful for so i thank you guys thank you for coming on to the podcast video now so um yes they are popping up everywhere and i feel like there's a new one every week and so um we're just a small one then you know we, we do what we can but it's glad that you guys can come on uh, and, ch and chat a little bit of rugby with us uh thank you guys for joining mark gerard sam harris the new assistant coach and head coach for the austin gill gronies as always, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, you know, find us on every platform that you can. You can listen to the podcast on whatever you're listening on now and watching now, or you can find us on Amazon Music now, which is a kind of a new one for us. Um, they have their own podcast channel, Spotify, of course. But as always, my name is Dustin. Thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to season three, looking forward to the next season of MLR and bringing more lads on in the coming weeks. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Dustin. We'll see you on the pitch.